0: Today on The First 40 Miles, the top five questions every new backpacker should ask. On the Summit Gear Review, you'll find a nice budget option for keeping your 10 essentials in perfect order. Then, on the Backpack Hack of the Week, tenemos un pastel que es muy delicioso y es perfecto para mochileros. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from the most quoted man in the woods, Todo esto y eso es todo, today on the first 40 miles. So
1: Heather, you just spent the past week at girls camp as a leader, and uh, there's probably all kinds of fun stuff to share with our listeners. I was wondering if you could share an update on what you did and, and how it went.
0: It was great. As we mentioned in past episodes, I was involved with leadership at this camp, and there were about 150 girls, 20 of those girls were youth camp leaders, and so I was involved with teaching them some survival skills that they were going to in turn teach to the other girls at camp. And I don't know how Scout Camp is, but at Girls Camp, we have kind of an overall theme for the week. And our theme this year was, oh, the places you'll go. So kind of a Dr. Seuss theme and, you know, a lot of the skits and the camp decor and the clothing kind of revolved around that theme. So that was really fun to see. You know, the weather hovered right around 100 degrees all week.
1: It has been super hot this summer in Oregon. In fact, if you look at a wildfire risk map, the whole state of Oregon pretty much is red. It's just been so hot and dry. And so, uh, yeah, you did a good job, and all the girls too, surviving that week of 100-degree of temps. I mean, it's been yeah, crazy.
0: You know, we did get a little bit of backlash at first when we told them no fires, because what's camp without fire? Yeah. And um, I think after the first day, the girls realized that uh, they probably didn't want to be sitting around a campfire at the end of the day. They'd rather be in the lake or, you know, fanning themselves. That sounds so Edwardian, but <laughs> it's, it's true. It was, it was really hot.
1: As one of the leaders, I know that you went into it uh, kind of wondering what you would actually spend your time doing, you know, during those five days of camp. Uh, You were one of the assistant directors. So how did it actually play out? Like, what, what did you spend your time doing?
0: So I guess looking back on the week, I kind of see two purposes for being there. One was to kind of be the eyes and ears and And mouth for the leadership there at camp um, to just make sure that every girl there was feeling included and feeling like she was having a great time at camp and you know make sure that no one was you know confused or lost or anything like that. Then my secondary function there was to help with certification and our group was over survival skills. So I had these YCLs or youth camp leaders that were older girls, you know, 16 or 17 years old, that were teaching skills that I taught them in the past few months, and they were teaching these younger girls in a really creative and fun way. So with our Dr. Seuss theme for camp, one of the girls wrote a little story, like a cat in the hat story, called The Cat in the Hat Survives, and it was all in rhyme. It was really cute, and it was about The cat in the hat taking these girls at girls camp out on a survival adventure. And of course, you know what happens when the cat in the hat gets involved. Everything goes haywire and nothing goes as planned. And so in this little poem that they wrote, the girls ended up saving girls camp using the survival skills that they knew. You know, they did things like they put up a shelter so the cat in the hat wouldn't get hypothermia. and um. The cat talked about just drinking water straight out of the springs and getting sick for days. And so we taught the girls how to pump and filter water and there were just things like that that were really fun. Just fun ways to teach these basic survival skills. We taught them how to do emergency signaling and why it's important. And you know, with every skill that we taught them, we taught them the reason why. And so that was really meaningful for them. They really enjoyed learning why these things were so important.
1: The Cat in the Hat was one of the most disturbing books I ever read as a kid. Oh, I agree. <laughs> it was so contrary to my personality that I just, it, like, yeah, I mean, oh Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I totally
0: agree. Why? I guess my main question with that book is just why? why? Why did the mother leave these two kids alone? Why did these two kids let this crazy person in? is a, what, a six foot tall cat yeah seven feet why did cat. they
1: let him in? why did, he, did they let him do the next thing and the next thing and <laughs> and my nervousness level just <laughs> rises with every event in that book <laughs> it's horrible, so I'm glad that the girls saved girls' camp did they what was their um what were their favorite subjects?
0: okay, I would have to say out of all of the things that we taught them, they loved the knot tying, which totally surprised me. Really, knot tying is kind of a, a mathematical dance with rope. And so I had no idea it would be as popular as it was in our class. They loved it. What we did was we taught them the slip knot and then we taught them the taut line hitch. And then we showed them how to put up just a simple tarp shelter between two trees using those two knots. And when we got out the stopwatch, it was like the excitement level just doubled and they got very competitive. We ended up teaching six groups of girls and the very first group that went ended up tying up their shelter and getting it all finished in about two minutes. But word must have spread throughout the days that we were there and the very last group had the fastest time and they were at seven seconds. 7.21 seconds. Yeah. We taught them a couple tricks for how to do it faster. I think they had an extra girl to help them put the rope around the tree. And, but really from two minutes to seven seconds, they, they were so proud of themselves.
1: Wow. And that's a great skill to have when it's raining for sure (laughs) (laughs) to get it up that fast and keep everything dry. Wow. Job well done. Well, what were your personal favorite highlights or moments from the week?
0: I loved seeing the light bulb go on for those girls when they learned the tot line hitch, which is a hitch or a a knot that I kind of struggled with at first and had to relearn over and over and over. Just to see the light bulb go on and have them say, oh, I get it. That was a really exciting moment. Um, As far as just overall camp moments, I really loved a tradition that they do in this camp called Singing in the Trees. And it's where all the girls go into a grove of trees after sunset. So it's really peaceful, there's no talking. And then the girls illuminate their flashlights and sing hymns. And it's a very peaceful experience, very um, reverent in that grove of trees. And it was just probably one of my one of my top highlights from camp you know i did go into this girls camp experience with a little bit of trepidation i was worried about the amount of sleep i was going to get <laughs> and i was worried about some of the teenage girl drama that may just happen at camp you know girls not getting along with other girls and or girls feeling left out but i would say for the most part the girls were happy they were positive they were service oriented, and um, we did a little activity that just showed how focused they were on on showing love to others, and that was we had this huge grinch cutout that was in the, the mess hall, and their job for the week was to look for random acts of service that other girls were doing and to cover up the grinch with hearts and By the end of the week, he was Completely covered. So it was just really oh, heartwarming. <laughs> it was really nice to see that. It was a great experience this past week.
1: Today's top five list is the top five questions that every new backpacker should ask. Recently, we've had a few people comment to us over uh, Facebook or Twitter that they love the show and they've never actually been out backpacking yet, but they really want to do it. And so we've been thinking about them and thinking, what is it that can help you get out there that very first time? So we've come up with these five questions to ask yourself as you get ready for your very first backpacking trip.
0: The number one question is, why am I doing this? And there is really no right or wrong answer to this question. I just think it really helps to know yourself, know your purpose, So maybe you want to go on a backpacking trip because your friends had already planned the trip and then they ended up inviting you, which is kind of how I got all wrapped up in this. Maybe you've always just kind of wanted to go out. You've seen other people do it and you're just super curious. And so you just want to do it to satisfy some curiosity. Maybe you feel the need to challenge yourself and push yourself to new limits. Um, You may be in a relationship where... Your significant other has already done backpacking and maybe you kind of want to just jump in with them and go on a trip, which, okay, throw me in that category too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you are in an area that you know has great outdoor experiences and great trails, and so you just want to get familiar with the area where you live. Maybe you want to help your family enjoy a new activity together. There are lots of reasons, and there's really no right or wrong reason, but it really helps to know why you're going out on your first backpacking trip.
1: A few weeks ago, we were traveling back from visiting my parents' house, and it's a several-hour drive, so we have lots of time to talk. Um, So we batted around this question for a while of, uh, you know, what is it that motivates someone to take their first backpacking trip? And it was fun to talk about. uh, Some of the other ideas that we came up with were, Just a desire to be in nature or to feel solitude. Because we live in a world where it's so hard to really get away from it all. Another was maybe for fitness, just to to be in better physical shape. Backpacking is a great activity to do that. And for some people, maybe it's the, the appeal of minimalism, of being able to leave it all behind and survive on just what you've got on your back. And yeah, regardless of the reason... It's a great question to think about, to ask yourself, because it may influence the decisions that you make about your trip. You want to make sure that you plan a trip that really speaks to that goal, to that motivation of why you're doing it in the first place.
0: The number two question every new backpacker should ask is, what are my risks on this trip? Now, this question might need a little researching. Or soul searching, because some of the risks may be environmental, and some of the risks may be personal. So you might want to take a look at your personal health. Is there a risk if you go off of medication? Do you have an old injury that may flare up on the trail? Will you be traveling during severe weather, like maybe high temps, low temps, or do you live in a region that has um, severe weather warnings, like tornadoes or? What are some other severe weathers?
1: Flash floods. Oh, flash
0: floods. Thank you.
1: A forest fire could happen too, especially this summer.
0: (laughs) You may be backpacking in unfamiliar territory where maybe, you know, where you lived before you understood all the risks for traveling and backpacking in that area. But in this new unfamiliar territory, do you understand all of those risks? Another risk is being out of cell range. If you're not prepared for that, you may think that you can go on a trip and if something happens you can just call for help. Recognize that as one of the risks. Are you traveling in bear country or large predator country? Is that like the politically correct term now? Large predator country?
1: (laughs) Oh, you know, someday it will. Someone will say, we're being unfair to the bears.
0: (laughs) It's cougars too.
1: Right. And wolves.
0: Well, let's not be the ones to start that. No. No. It's (laughs)
1: it's bear country.
0: (laughs) Bear country. Well, just know your risks. Don't be blind to your risks, and don't go out on your first trip thinking that search and rescue is your backup.
1: The number three question to ask before your first trip is what are my pre-trip priorities? You know, what are the things that I'm going to focus on to get ready for this trip? Do I need to get in shape? take some uh, shakedown hikes, uh, get some some miles under my belt? Do I need to update any of my gear? Are there any new skills that I need to learn so that I'll be ready for this trip? Or, in my case, skills that I need to relearn that I had forgotten after several years of of not doing much backpacking. It might be a simple trip that you've planned, and so your pre-trip priorities might be as simple as just making sure your shoes are broken in.
0: I have to jump in here and say if it's going to be a short trip and you have a really heavy sleeping bag or you have a, just a, a, we'll say like an external frame pack, just something that is maybe not your prime gear, like you wouldn't want to keep it forever, still go out. Don't let the, the subprime gear or the, the old gear keep you from getting out on the trail. The number four question that every new backpacker should ask is, are my skills a good match for this particular trek? If the answer is no, then go with a group that has those skills. And really, it's, it's kind of surprising to me how many people start a through hike with zero backpacking experience. And if through hiking happens to be on your bucket list, then start with little hikes don't just jump into through hiking that's that's something we don't really cover on the show we don't really talk about through hiking but for some reason it's um not for some reason for that (laughs) some movies that have come out lately um it's really sparked a lot of people's interest and they really want to take this grand through hike you know take six months off of school or off of work and do the appalachian trail it's so romantic and just really appealing. But if you've never done a backpacking trip in your life, then there's real, there's no shame in doing those short little trips to kind of get to know your gear, get to know your body, get to know the rhythm of backpacking before you take a long trip.
1: Yeah, that blows me away too. People that just uh, jump onto a through hike, they're going to do a couple thousand miles and have never gone backpacking before in their life. You know, there is uh There's something great about the overnight weekend backpacking trip. You get all of the upsides of backpacking. You get out in the woods. You get that experience, everything, and yet it's so easy to prepare for, and you don't have to really take time off work and other activities. The risks are low. I can't say enough about the value of just getting out on a weekend backpacking trip.
0: And those short little trips are where you're going to gain some of those skills that will help you to maybe take longer, more extended trips, or maybe ones that are a little more challenging or technically difficult. So definitely ask yourself if your skills are a good match for that particular hike or trek that you'll be going on.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking, our our daughter is learning to drive this year, and she has a whole year to do it. And we didn't start with a road trip on the freeway. We started with little ten mile an hour drives around the neighborhood. And eventually we'll get up to thirty-five miles an hour and and then we'll get on a highway and go fifty. And finally we'll get on the freeway and we'll cover some mileage.
0: But because we live in Oregon, we'll always go five miles per hour slower than the speed limit, so just
1: It's the Oregon way.
0: It's how we do it here. <laughs> <laughs> well the number five question that every new backpacker should ask is Am I ignoring the obvious? Planning a backpacking trip is so much fun, but be sure you take a 360 look at your life. Is your first trip planned right after major surgery or close to a potential family crisis or death? Just make sure you look at the big picture so you're not ignoring something that's obvious.
1: So if you're considering your first backpacking trip, Run through these questions in your mind or or talk through them out loud with someone. Why am I doing it? What are my risks? What are my priorities? Are my skills a good match? And is there anything obvious I'm ignoring before I head out there? And most of all, get out there on the trail. Take that first trip.
0: This message has been approved by Josh Legler. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well,
0: on to the Summit Gear Review. Today for the Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Coughlin's Three count nylon mesh organizer bags.
1: Before you jump into the review, can I talk about my ten essentials kit?
0: Yes, a little bit—not
1: um, the contents, but I—I uh, I think I've mentioned this before. When I was a teenager, I bought a top-of-the-line JanSport backpack. Uh, this was back in the external frame days, and this thing was a large capacity, and you know, had a super duper hip belt and everything else. And it also had this pouch that kind of zipped off on the back it was a a black pouch and it had it was something about it was celebrating some ascent of Mount Everest I think so it had the word Everest on it and it had some little symbol that was kind of reminiscent of a Chinese character it wasn't but it was kind of that style and that black bag was where I decided to put all my 10 essentials and that black bag lasted for 25 years I think As I went and did more day hiking, I would just uh, zip off the black bag and throw it into a day pack, and that was my 10 Essentials kit. And of course, it was the untouchable bag. Everyone in the family knew to not even touch that bag. That I expected those matches to still be there on my next trip, and the sunscreen, and the knife, and the flashlight, and everything. And I finally replaced it just recently, but... You know, it did such a fantastic job. And so, anyway, I I just kind of thought of that as I was preparing for today's review. These uh, Coughlin's uh, bags uh, could serve a similar purpose, uh, keeping uh, 10 essentials or, you know, and, and there's a couple different sizes, but you'll talk about that. Anyway, some of the gear that we obtain can have an amazing lifespan.
0: Well, I can't promise that these will last for 25 years, but I do know that there's nothing more frustrating than dumping out your whole pack in search of a small item like like a AA battery or looking for your knife. So keeping all of your small gear, like your 10 essentials, in a little bag just helps things from getting lost in your huge pack. So these Coughlin's organizer bags come in a three piece set. So you get the three and a half by seven and a half inch bag, the eight by 10 inch bag, and the 10 by 12 inch bag. These all are zippered bags and they're made of nylon and mesh. So you can actually see your stuff in the bag. So it's not some mystery, which I really like that. You can see everything. It seems like they're offered in two different colors. I have the black set, but they're also offered in yellow, which I actually would have preferred the yellow because black is so hard to find in your pack.
1: These pouches remind me a little bit of those uh, pouches, you know, in a school folder that hold your pencils and erasers and stuff. They're nylon on one side, mesh on the other, so you can see through the top. Uh, The difference is they're not completely flat. They are gusseted, so they're about uh, maybe an inch and a half deep. So that, you know, they can hold quite a bit more than, than a school pouch would hold. But that's kind of what it reminds me of, a little zippered opening on one side.
0: Yeah, it's not on the side, though. It's like right down the middle. So you have oh, yeah, yeah. to both. Oh, yeah, yeah, on
1: the top there. At yeah.
0: least on the smallest one. On the medium size and the large size, they're more kind of on the side. Each of these bags has a hanger loop. So what I do with my little 10 Essential Kit which is the smallest bag in this set, is I just loop one of my clips on my pack through that loop so I know that even if I'm hiking down the trail um, that my 10 essentials won't just slip out. It'll always be attached. So I really like that loop on there. I really feel like in this set the smallest and the medium size are perfect for 10 essentials. The largest size may be great for another purpose but just not for backpacking, maybe for an emergency bag for your car where you can hold after-trip stuff like Purell, you can put some cash in there, some baby wipes, maybe a map for that area, a road map. But um, I just felt like the largest size wasn't really useful for stuff in my pack. These bags are really lightweight. The smallest is 0.6 ounce, the medium is 1.1 ounce, and the large is 1.4 ounce. And all have, like Josh said, that one and a half inch gusset. So they're not just flat pouches. Uh, if you do need to uh, wash these, I would just recommend hand washing and air drying you're gonna pay about $8 for this three pack. So it's really not much of an investment at all. And I really, I can't vouch for the 25 year guarantee that Josh got on his 10 essentials bag. But like I said, $8 for the three pack, that's a great deal. So if you are a budget minded backpacker, then this is a great place to start.
1: Well, I'm not sure everyone caught exactly what you were talking about for our backpack hack of the week.
0: Oh, do I need to say it in English? Well, maybe. Okay. Today's backpack hack of the week is tres, I'll say it in Spanish, tres leches cake. <laughs> That's nice. Well, I was introduced to tres leches by our Hispanic neighbors, and they were awesome neighbors. They invited us over for probably every party that they had over there. They had real parties. So they had the mariachis, they had the piñatas, they had the taco cart, like everything. Yeah, we had some really great times over there with those neighbors. But that's where I was introduced to this (laughs) tres, tres leches cake, which means three milk cake. So this version of Backpacker's Tres Leches Cake is as close as we could get to that authentic version for you guys. If you can figure out a way to pack fresh whipped cream on the trail, please let us know because that would be incredible. What you're gonna need is one generous slice of pre-prepared pound cake. Now this is like the Entenmann's type cake or just the cake that's already in a box that's already cooked, it looks like a loaf.
1: And I bet it's pretty calorie dense.
0: It's extremely calorie dense. Which
1: is what we're going for. We're
0: going for that. We're not going for wholesome, healthy right now. This is just calories, pure calories. You're going to need one to two tablespoons of neato whole milk powder, one to two tablespoons of vanilla pudding mix, and about a fourth to a half cup of cold water. So to put together this tres leches cake, you're going to slice the pound cake and be generous with that slice just place one slice in a sandwich size Ziploc bag. Then add the neato and the pudding mix powder to the bag and kind of shake it until the pound cake is kind of coated. And then when you're on the trail and you're ready to eat this, simply add 1 fourth to 1 half cup of very cold water and let the cake sit for about three to five minutes until it's soaked up all that water.
1: So let's say we wanted to bring enough for a whole group Because you're buying the entire pound cake anyway. So how many slices are you thinking you'd get out of one pound cake?
0: You know what actually I would do if I wanted to make it for a whole group? I would probably use a quart bag or a gallon size Ziploc bag and slice the cake horizontally. And then just add more whole milk powder or more vanilla pudding mix. And if I remember correctly, the Entenmann's pound cake, or their all butter loaf, is about six servings. You could probably feed about three or four people from an Entenmann's pound cake and then quarter cup of whole milk powder, quarter cup of vanilla pudding mix, and then maybe a cup of cold water. It's kind of a pudding-ish cake. It's very, well, it's beyond moist. It's soaked.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's delicious. It's a Mexican or Hispanic classic. It's just a different cake than what we're used to in our American cuisine.
1: Yeah, sounds great. And while we're working through how to do whipped cream on the trail, who knows, we may come back and surprise everyone with a butter churn that <laughs> you could just, you know.
0: A backpacking butter churn?
1: Sure. You you walk for 10 miles and at the end you have butter.
0: <laughs> we should have done that for our Pioneer episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Save it for next year. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs>
1: Let's wrap up the show with some trail wisdom.
0: Juan Muir, Juan (laughs) Muir said, (laughs) John Muir said, Everybody needs beauty as well as bread. Places to play in and pray in. Where nature may heal and give strength to body and soul. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on the first 40 miles. (laughs) <laughs> back up, back up, back up, back up. Subaru. Subaru. Yeah,
1: you know, lowered spoiler on the back. Really?
0: That doesn't fit the image of Subaru. No, it Did doesn't. It any bumper stickers? No. No. It was white. Mmm. <laughs> the new look of Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> lowered with the spoiler. Yeah. <laughs>